As we open the scriptures this morning, let me invite you to join me in God's word. And we'll be in the New Testament letter of 2 Corinthians this morning, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. And if you don't have a Bible, let me encourage you to grab a pew Bible or to open a a Bible app uh, on your phone or device. But if you are using a pew Bible, I believe it's on page 939, 940, somewhere uh, in there. But this morning in the early worship hour, in the 8.30 service, we had the opportunity uh, and the privilege to observe and to celebrate believers' baptism. And so we had uh, four children who were baptized this morning, Patton Knight and Harris Gregory and Maddie Gregory uh, and uh, Mary Kate Smith. And baptism uh, is indeed a public profession of something that God has done for us. It is a public profession of faith. Uh, of a life, an individual that says, hey, I I want to know and follow Christ. I've been saved by God's grace. I understand salvation. And I am publicly declaring that I desire to follow uh, after Him. Indeed, we are invited to follow Christ and we are invited as believers to leave a legacy uh, as followers of, of Jesus Christ. But it's a legacy that is not so much about us. It's a legacy that is all about Him. Indeed, we are called, we are invited to leave a kingdom of God legacy for the world. That's the central truth that I want us to see as we uh, look at God's Word this morning, as we look at this text from 2 Corinthians, and as we um, prepare to conclude this series on leaving a legacy, I want us to see that we as followers of Jesus as brothers and sisters in Christ, as those who've been saved by uh, the grace of God, we are invited to leave a kingdom of God legacy for the sake of the world. Now, what do I mean by kingdom of God? I mean uh, that God rules, that He reigns, that we are called upon to leave a legacy that points others to the one who sits on the throne, the one who reigns, the one who is almighty, and uh, the one who saves We are called upon to point others to living a life that indeed recognizes who Jesus is and follows after Him. This is something that we see a partial practice of in the world today. We see this in the church, but it's something that we will never fully see until the King returns, until the second coming of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But why would we as Christians or as people, why would we want to leave a kingdom uh, of God legacy. And this, I believe, is why. It's because of who God is and what He has done. If we recognize who He is, His greatness and His faithfulness and His mercy and His love displayed on the cross of Calvary, then as His followers who believe in Him, we will want others to know about Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, Paul writes this to believers. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, might become rich. In other words, the Son of God and the Savior of the world left His rightful place on the throne of heaven and humbled Himself and came to earth on a rescue mission for your sake and for my sake, so that we might be saved, so that we might enjoy the richness of knowing Him and living for Him for all of 
eternity. This is the grace of God. And if we know this grace, then we know as followers of this God, our lives ought to look different from the rest of the world. This is a grace that has uh, tremendous implications, implications that I want us to see uh, from God's Word this morning. I want to talk uh, for a few minutes today about what I'm calling Jesus' generosity. Jesus' generosity. Now, that's an unusual and odd way of describing uh, generosity because Jesus is, is a person, it's a noun, but here I'm using it uh, as an adjective to describe the kind of generosity that God shows us in, in Jesus. Well, no doubt, we as believers are called to be generous people. We're called to be faithful with what God has entrusted uh, to us. And the only way that we will do so in a way that honors God is if we continually look to how God has been generous to us uh, in Jesus. So as you find your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, let me invite you to join me standing uh, for the reading of God's Word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. And there Paul writes these words. He says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Father, we do acknowledge this morning as Your people, as Your church gathered together in Your name that You have been gracious to us. Lord, that you have been so good to us, that you have given us an indescribable gift, and that is the gift of salvation by grace through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for that gift. Father, I pray that you would keep our minds and our eyes on the gift that you have given us so that as your people, we might be faithful in declaring your greatness and living lives that honor you. Guide us now as we seek to understand your word by the power of your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, you may be seated. So here we have uh, an excerpt from this letter, uh, the second letter found in God's Word uh, that Paul wrote, the apostle and missionary Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In fact, Paul wrote a number of, of letters to the church in Corinth. Two of them, First and Second Corinthians, are in our New Testament. But Paul had this ongoing sort of relationship 
with Christians in the church in Corinth. In fact, uh, we find, we discover upon reading these letters that the church in Corinth didn't always think so highly of Paul. In fact, they were skeptical of Paul at times. They questioned his, his approach and his ministry and his leadership. But even so, right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, Paul calls upon these believers. He calls upon this church, this predominantly Gentile uh, affluent congregation to be generous in what God has given them as he gathers a collection, as he prepares to, to come to them, to gather a collection, a gift, to help the poor Jewish Christians living in Jerusalem uh, in that time. In fact, in chapter 8, he commends other churches. He commends the Macedonian churches, a poor congregations for giving generously above uh, what uh, they are even able. He explains, for that very cause. And so likewise, Paul calls upon these Corinthian believers to help out a fellow church in need. And likewise, church, God calls upon us as believers, as Meadowbrook Baptist Church, to be generous in what He has given us for the sake of His name and for the sake of helping those in need. So what does this type of generosity look like? What does it look like to be characterized by generosity that imitates the character of God as displayed in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, we see that this type of generosity is a matter of the heart. Jesus' generosity is a matter of the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you, Paul writes, each of you believers should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, the truth, according to God's word, is that God is more interested in inward transformation that overflows into outward actions than He is outward actions without inward transformation. Because if we are truly changed by the grace of God, if we truly believe in the God of Scriptures, if we have repented and trusted in Him for salvation, then we will undergo a spiritual inward transformation that will impact how we live, how we walk, how we give, how we interact with others in the world. But on the flip side, uh, we can certainly uh, give and uh, undergo and, and, and practice outward acts devoid of an inward transformation. Sometimes we are motivated by the wrong things. Sometimes we're motivated to do things or to meet needs out, uh, for selfish reasons. Sometimes we want recognition for ourselves like the Pharisees, the religious leaders in Jesus' day did. Or perhaps we want a, a, a tax break. Or perhaps we want something named after us. We want to be remembered for something. In fact, not long ago, several months ago, the end of last year, I had opportunity with a handful of folks from this church on the tail end of uh, a mission trip to visit Corinth. Uh, and the, uh, the ancient site of uh, this church and this city, as archaeologists have under, uh, undergone, uh, have undercovered some of that ancient uh, city. And there, about 100 years ago, less than 100 years ago, a little less than 100 years ago, there was an inscription found on one of the major walkways uh, of that city near the, uh, the ancient theater uh, that, uh, that supports... Uh, what we find in the scriptures regarding a certain prominent individual in that city in the first century by the name of Erastus. And he's given credit on a particular stone for being the one who gave a generous donation uh, for that 
walkway. And this is the Erastus that we see mentioned in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 16 and in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, no doubt, his uh, gift as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as one who Paul highly commends, was probably done with good motivations, and he was being honored for what he had, had done. But as followers of Jesus, we are all called upon to, to leave a kingdom of God legacy, not a legacy about us, but lives that point others to the greatness and the glory of our God. For, for Jesus, generosity is a matter of the heart. Remember King David? Remember King David before he was King David and the prophet Samuel was instructed to go to Jesse's house in Bethlehem and to anoint the next man who would be the king of Israel. And so he goes, he departs based upon the instruction of God and he goes to Jesse's home and immediately he sees one of Jesse's sons and he thinks to himself, this must be the one. This is a mighty man, a mighty warrior. This must be the one who is to be the next king of Israel and 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, we read, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Church, God is interested in our hearts. He desires to capture and to captivate our hearts by the grace that he has shown us in and through Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this morning, how is your heart? Does the Lord have your heart? Have you been overwhelmed by the grace that God has shown you? For you, believers, know. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake, for my sake, for our sake, He became poor, so that we, through His poverty, might become rich. See, the love of God has been displayed through the cross of Christ and clearly an act of generosity on our behalf that displays the heart of God. Those who imitate this way, those who imitate the Jesus way, the gospel way, have hearts that have been captured by Jesus, leading us to to love Him more, to desire to honor Him and to pursue Him and to seek Him, but also leading us as His people to love others in his name. Jesus' generosity is a matter of the heart. And we also see here that Jesus' generosity helps those in need. The kind of generosity that Jesus has and the kind of generosity that he calls us as his followers to have is a generosity that helps those in need. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, Paul writes, As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures Forever. This is a quotation from Psalm 112 that describes the righteous people of God responding to the gratitude of God, recognizing that what they have has been given them and entrusted to them by God, leading them to broadly disperse and freely give what God has entrusted to them for the sake of pointing others to Him. Church, we are invited, we are encouraged, we are called to leave a kingdom of God legacy for the world. And when we recognize that God is indeed the source of what we have, and He is the one who sustains us, and He is the one who helps us, then 
the proper response, the natural response is to respond by helping others in need. The psalmist in Psalm 54 verse 4 said, Surely God is my help. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. So like God helps us, and He does. God is a helper. He's a refuge. He's a strength. He is a provider and a protector. Because He helps us, church, let's be people who leave a kingdom of God legacy for the sake of the world. I want to tell you this morning that uh, there is a church that we have partnered with uh, in Moldova, Danku Baptist Church, that is leaving a kingdom of God legacy right where they are. We have some pictures, I think, from life in uh, Danku, and many of you know that we took a recent trip there. We have a partnership with this church, a partnership that will uh, continue, and that's a, a picture of part of the village and the surrounding uh, fields that are farmed, many of them. Uh, farmed by the leaders of this church for the sake of meeting physical needs in their community, freely and broadly giving away gifts uh, to those in need. A country of uh, much poverty and spiritual darkness, but God is using this church and the people of this church as salt and light in the world, proclaiming the gospel, employing many in their community in a local dairy farm and uh, through plowing the fields. Another picture here is of uh, some gathered firewood uh, that uh, the church has purchased and gathered for the sake of giving away to elderly folks and others in their community that depend on wood to heat their homes for the winter. And I say that because I think as believers we should be encouraged. We should be uh, prodded based upon the generous gifts of others and the salt and light of others to, to do likewise among ourselves in our own community and for the sake of God's name in the world. In fact, if you're interested in uh, knowing more about this partnership and what this church is doing, perhaps even interested in going on one of these trips, there'll be an interest meeting in just a few weeks, Sunday, September uh, the 18th, immediately following this service. And so be on the lookout for more about that. Uh, but let's thank God for those uh, in Moldova and elsewhere around the world that follow Christ and are making and leaving a kingdom of God legacy for the sake of the world. So let me ask you this morning, do you, do you desire to, to point others to Christ? Do you desire to help those in need? Have you experienced the grace of God that compels you to to be salt and light in the world for His name and for His renown. For you know, church, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you through His poverty might become rich. You see, Jesus' generosity is a matter of the heart, and Jesus' generosity helps those in need. And thirdly, Jesus' generosity advances the gospel. Jesus' generosity is about meeting physical needs. It's also about meeting spiritual needs in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So what is going on here? What does this have to do with advancing the gospel. Well, there's an analogy that's being used throughout this chapter and throughout this 
uh, I, uh, this section on giving uh, that likens our faithfulness in giving to the needs of others to, uh, to a farmer who is sowing his seed. In fact, even right here in verse 10, we have a supplier and we have seed and we have a sower. We have a storehouse and a harvest. Jesus himself often used uh, such analogies. In the parable of the sower, he likens the seed to the gospel that is scattered in his name, falling on different types of soil. And I think a similar thing is taking place here, that Paul is calling and, and exhorting, encouraging believers in Jesus to be faithful in what God has entrusted to them and what God has entrusted to us. And he will be faithful in increasing a harvest of righteousness. In other words, he will continually use the faithful to make sure uh, that the unsaved uh, hear his word and have a chance to be redeemed by his grace. God invites us and he calls us to participate in uh, the spread of his fame, the spread of his grace, the spread of his mercy and his love to the people of the world. So don't misunderstand what he's saying here. This is not about accumulating more riches for ourselves. This is not a prosperity gospel. There is no prosperity gospel that's consistent with the gospel of Christ. This is uh, a message that uh, invites us, that encourages us, that compels us by the grace of God to participate in making his kingdom known and great among the people of the world. See, the truth is that we don't need more for ourselves and we don't need more even of ourselves. What we need is more of Jesus. And we are invited through the gospel of Jesus to receive Jesus and to proclaim his greatness and his salvation to the people of the world. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus has been crucified on the cross and by the power of God, he's been raised back to life from the dead and he's preparing to ascend back to heaven And he instructs his followers. He commissions his followers. And he tells them, Acts 1 verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In other words, you will testify to the world about the truth regarding me. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Church, I think we live in a day and in a culture where we are obsessed with the idea of self-fulfillment. We want to do something great. We want to make a difference. We want to do something that benefits others. And no doubt, that is a good motivation. That is a good thing. Let's make sure that it's guided by, by God. If you want to give yourself to something satisfying, if you want to give yourself to something that makes a difference, give yourself to that. Give yourself to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give yourself to making God's name known among the people of the world. And I want you to know that I'm so grateful to be part of a church that desires to, to be generous and to see those in this community locally and nationally eat and even around the world come to know and Follow Jesus Christ, the church that is and has been very generous with what God has entrusted it. Based upon your generosity, because of your generosity, by God's guidance in 2015 as a church, we were able to give more than $60,000 to the cooperative program to support statewide mission efforts, disaster relief and church revitalization, foster care ministries, as well as national ministries through church planting and ministry training and 
international ministries by helping support Southern Baptist missionaries around the world who are living among the most unreached. And by your grace and under God's guidance, we were able to contribute another 60 or so thousand dollars to short-term mission teams and partnerships that went out from this church family in 2015 alone to places like Kansas and Texas and Belize and Honduras and Thailand and Moldova. And by your grace and under God's guidance, we were able to give another $30,000 or so as a church to local ministry efforts through the Shelby Baptist Association, another 20000 or so to other local ministry efforts through organizations like Save a Life Shelby and Lifeline Children's Services and Alabama Baptist Children's Homes and another $16,000 to help sponsor and support other gospel-centered missionaries around the world and another 15 or thousand so dollars to support and proclaim the gospel to minister to the needs of men who have come from difficult backgrounds through the Jimmy Hill mission, not counting other specific offerings that we have collected, such as the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to support international missions and any Armstrong Easter offering to support North American missions and our monthly additional offering that goes toward meeting needs in Shelby County. So let's continue, church. Let's be generous in what God has entrusted to us, but let's continue giving of ourselves and giving what He has entrusted to us for the sake of His glory, for the sake of His honor, for the sake of leaving a kingdom of God legacy for others in the world. Let's continue giving so that He receives the thanksgiving that He is due. For Jesus' generosity produces thanksgiving. We see right here in the Scriptures that Jesus' generosity also produces thanksgiving. Verses 11 and 12, Paul writes, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. In other words, our faithfulness in this area of giving of ourselves to meet the needs of others is an act of thanksgiving to God for what He has given us, but it is also an act that leads others who receive such gifts to give thanks to God, to give Him the thanksgiving and the worship and the glory that He is is due. Don't you want God to receive the thanksgiving and the worship that He deserves? Thanksgiving not only for physical provision, but thanksgiving for spiritual provision through the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, for He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us victory over sin. He gives us victory over death through the gospel of Jesus. And He deserves great thanks for us. So Jesus' generosity, church, is a matter of the heart. Jesus' generosity is about helping meet the needs of others. And Jesus' generosity is about advancing the gospel. Jesus' generosity is about producing thanksgiving. And finally, Jesus' generosity reveals genuine faith in Christ. Church, Jesus' generosity, a life that mirrors, that reflects, and that images the kind of generosity that God has shown us in Christ, reveals genuine faith in Christ. Verses 13 And 14, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. 
and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. You see, when we are faithful, there are others who give God thanks for our faithfulness. And there are others who praise God on our behalf. So let's praise God for he is worthy of our praise. Let's praise him for he has been good to us. Let's give him the thanks that he deserves and let's participate in displaying our faith and living out our faith in a way that benefits others and in a way that glorifies this great God. Let me ask you this morning, uh, are you generous with what God has entrusted to you? Are you generous with your time and are you generous with your talents and are you generous with your resources that God has given you for the sake of making him known among the people of the world. See, this message of the gospel, this central message of the cross is a message that interrupts a life of pride and self-centeredness by the grace of God. Do you know God's grace? I invite you to reflect on a couple of application questions based upon the truths of God's word this morning. Firstly, do you know God's grace. You see, Paul is writing to a church. He's writing to Christians. He makes the assumption that they know God's grace, that they've received this gift, this free gift of salvation by grace through faith in Christ. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Do you know that grace? I mean, do you really know that grace? If you felt that grace, do you know it in a personal way? A way that causes you, that propels you to give thanks to God, to give glory to God. If you don't know that grace, the grace that left God, that led God to come to earth, to be born in lowly circumstances, humbly born and to live on earth for. 30 plus years so that he could fulfill for us what we could never do on our own. Do you know the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you turned away from sin and self and embraced Jesus as Lord? If you have not, church, do so today. Turn to Jesus today. Acknowledge your sin. Confess your sin and embrace Jesus today right where you are. Come to Christ. Turn to Christ, cry out to Christ and receive this gift of salvation that reorients our lives in a way that honors Him. Experience Him now. Do you know God's grace? And secondly, friends, are you, are you living and are you giving in response to His grace? If you know His grace... If you've turned to Jesus for salvation, if you know that you are right with God, that you've been restored into right relationship with Him, are you living and are you giving in response to His grace? You see, followers of Christ don't come to church and give generously and love their neighbor for the sake of earning right relationship with God. No, followers of Christ value church attendance and fellowship and generous giving and befriending their neighbors because they have been transformed by the grace of God. Are you living and are you giving in response to the grace of God out of the overflow of a heart that's been 
transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's participate in leaving a kingdom of God legacy for the world by using all that we are and all that we have been entrusted with for the glory of God. What an awesome privilege, church. What an awesome responsibility that we have been called to participate in, a responsibility that we will never be able to accomplish on our own, that we will always fall short of, but we will be encouraged in if we continually fix our eyes on Jesus. If you want to be about Jesus' generosity, then church, keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on the cross, for the cross is the message of our salvation. And the cross of Jesus is the symbol of Christ's victory on our behalf. And the cross of Jesus is our motivation for living lives of obedience and faithfulness to Him. You see, the cross of Jesus is the indescribable gift of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Let's, thanks, let's thank God. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Father, we give you thanks this morning because you have done for us what we do not deserve. Father, you have extended salvation to us by your grace. You have been merciful on our behalf, not because we have been good to you, but not because we have tried hard, Lord, but because you love us. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being generous with us. Thank you with, for entrusting uh, us with so much. Father, help us to be faithful. Father, even now, help us to be faithful in how we respond to you. Help us to acknowledge that you are Lord of all and give us hearts that desire to follow you. Lead us now as we respond. Hear our praise, hear our prayers, hear our confessions. Father, save us and sustain us by your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen.